Hello, everyone, and welcome to Riding in Cars with Cats. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Tanner, and today I want to talk to you a little bit about energy. Specifically, I want to talk to you about how you're using yours, uh, how I'm using mine, and some recommendations I might have that might help you figure out the best use for your energy. Now, I want to start with a very, 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 very large disclaimer, which is as follows. I don't think that anyone should be able to tell you what's going to work for you. And I'm going to try my very best not to do that today. This is not a prescription for what you need to do to be successful. This is a regimen that you can follow to figure out what you need to be successful. Because as I say, it's going to be different for everyone. But I wanted to run you through a few ways that I've been looking at using energy and how I think I'm able to leverage those things into a happier and more productive life. So for me, figuring out the best use of my energy has been key over the years. And I have a very different than most and very specific reason, which is for the past uh, almost seven years, six and a half years, I've been a full-time stay-at-home dad. Now, during that time, I've had periods of more work or less work where we've come up with scenarios of childcare for a few hours here and there. But essentially, for the last six and a half years, my actual job has been to keep my kids alive and hopefully happy. And that is about to change. It's about to change because my daughter, who is four and a half, is about to start going to pre-primary. She'll be attending school five days a week from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. And during that period of time, I'll be working. Now, the most amount of time, and I was I was blown away with what I was able to get accomplished when this happened, but the most amount of time that I've ever had to actually focus on my business and on my work is last year when I had three hours a day, three days a week. So as you can imagine, this is a little bit different for me. I am incredibly excited about the opportunities that it holds for me. But there's also something that I've realized, which is if I can get everything done that I've wanted to do in roughly nine hours a week, and I'm now going to 30 hours a week of work, what am I going to do about that? And what I mean by that is it sounds really awesome because you're like, oh, I have free time to do all those things. But do I really need 30 hours to get all that done? The fact is I probably don't. I'm probably going to be able to have a little bit more free time for me and a little more energy to focus on some other things. So I want to talk first about my intentions for the fall. So the first week of school is going to be, I think, a little bit bittersweet for me. I'm incredibly excited for this extra time. But, you know, my, my job has been to take care of these kids for a very long time. And there is a, 
a part of me that's a little bit sad to see that part end. It's a small part. It's a very tired part. Um, but there is still a part of me that thinks, wow, like, what am I really going to do when I don't have someone holding my hand at the grocery store or when I can use the washroom in privacy? The fact is that my life is going to be very different in September. So here's what I've decided to do. For the first week that I am off in September, I intend to really focus uh, almost exclusively on self-care. What does that mean? Well, I have neglected some of my self-care for a little while. I have not been doing as many yoga classes as I should be doing. I have not been going to the flotation center and doing floats in the way that I had thought I would be doing. There's a bunch of areas where I have not been taking care of myself. And so my plan for my first week where possible is going to be to switch back and do those things. It's going to be to change from a uh, try and figure out how to do all these things perspective and translating that into a take a week to reset myself and see where I'm at perspective. I do have a couple of, in the midst of taking on a few projects that are going to mean I'll certainly have to do some work during that week. I, I, I enjoy my work, so I have no intention of just walking away from the work uh, itself, but I will be doing my best during that period of time to focus more on taking care of myself and, and a little bit less on taking care of my clients because I think I do a pretty good job taking care of my clients right now. And say I still spend those nine hours taking care of my clients, I'm interested to see what I'm able to do with those other 21 hours. So one of the other things I want to do during that period of time is I would like to do some reading. I would like to basically spend one day where I just sit down at a coffee shop or on a beach or wherever with a book and read because that's something I really enjoy doing and it's something I really haven't done that way for a really long time. Now, the book I'm reading right now is incredible, but I plan on finishing it hopefully over the next couple of days. And so that's not the book I'm going to be reading. But the book I'm reading right now is actually what's helping me think about this whole process. And it's a book called Two Awesome Hours. And the idea behind this book is that we're not very productive as a species <laughs> and that we need to focus on making better use of our time. And that one of the ways we're going to be able to do this is to spend two awesome hours uh, getting a lot of big ideas done. And that once we've done that, it'll put us in a better situation to be able to do the rest of our things. This morning, I was doing a little bit of co-working with a dear friend of mine, and we were discussing where we put our energy, how we use our energy in different areas, and, and I was specifically telling her about this whole process and what my plans were for the next period of time. And she said, you know, there's all these ideas that tell me that in order to avoid procrastination, 
What I should do is right off the get-go, every morning, I should take the things I really don't want to do and just do them. Just get them taken care of, get them off my plate, and then I'll be happy because those things are done. And I said, that sounds like a terrible idea. (laughs) And she said, I agree. And then she asked me why I thought it was a terrible idea. And I said, if I woke up every day thinking that what I was going to do when I woke up were the things I least wanted to do, there's a very solid chance I'm not going to want to get out of bed that day. And that I'm not going to want to get up and do those things. Because who wants to get up and do the things they least want to do? Now, there are some scientific reasons for this method. The big part of it is that procrastinating on things that stress us out lead to further procrastination. But the thing about two awesome hours and what I really like about it is it takes into account the idea that we have different types of energy and that we have times where we're able to do different things and that we should actually be focusing on using our energy in better ways. So one of the things they say is, that these tasks that are going to exhaust us are not good to do before we need to do some heavy thinking. The things that are going to drain us of our ability to be creative are not things we should do right before we're creative. And the thing that's going to make me wake up and go, man, today sucks, is probably not the first thing I should do. Instead, I personally would like to get to a point where I start my day And I do some things I really want to do because I think that by doing that, I'm going to be much, much happier. And so we talked about this process and I'm of the opinion that people are different and that what we're going to focus on and why we're going to focus on those things, those are different for everyone. And what I like about this particular book, Two Awesome Hours, is that It's not designed to say this is exactly how you're going to do all those things, as many books are. It doesn't say what you should put in what order. What it does say is it tells us scientifically what our minds can do and what they can't do and what they want to do and what they don't want to do. And then it allows us to make decisions. Now, one of the things that I do a lot of are automatic responses. If I were not driving and as such could grab my phone right now and pop open, you know, hit the home button to open it, hit it again to open it up to my main screen, there's a series of, I'm going to say, automatic things that I would do. I would tap on the email button and I would pull down on the screen to refresh my email. I would pop onto Instagram. I would hit the home button. I would hit the profile button. I would hit another Instagram profile. I would do that through the five Instagram profiles that are on my Instagram account. I would pop over to Twitter. I would pull down so that I could refresh it. I would then tap on the notification panel if I had it, pull down any notifications I had. As you can see, there's this series of things that I would do. And I honestly don't think about doing any of them. It's one of the reasons that I try whenever possible not to even open up my phone because I have these automatic responses. 
And automatic responses are very, very, very bad because they do not force us to make decisions. One of the things that Two Awesome Hours talks about is this idea of triggering these decisions. It says, rather than just rolling directly over into whatever comes at you, make a conscious decision as to what you're going to do next. Now, when I wrote Really Little Wins, this is something I actually wrote about. I wrote about the concept that you should finish a task, look over at your to-do list, and decide on the next task. But what a lot of people do are these automatic responses. We open our email, we check social, we do all these kinds of things, and we do them automatically, and then we get dragged down into them. And what we don't understand is it takes the average person about five minutes to go from one task to the next. Basically, what this means is if I were doing this podcast and I'm moving at the speed I'm moving at, I've got in my head, I know where I'm at, all those kinds of things. And the phone were to ring right now, which it's entirely possible it could. My wife is headed camping with my daughter. She might need to talk to me about something. My son is at sailing camp. They might need to call me because something has happened. And it has happened in the past that I've gotten a few distractions during these periods of time, these podcasts or recording a video or all those sorts of things. So if one of those things happens, it takes me anywhere from five to 15 minutes to really get back on task, to get back to the speed I was at, to get back to on the focus, on the, on the thought process of where I was at. What will happen in a lot of cases is I'll go back into this and I will absolutely forget where I was at. And all of a sudden, we'll have to start all over again of me trying to figure out what the heck I was talking about. So if, for example, I had paused this podcast and came back, you'd probably hear me rambling on about something that didn't seem super connected to what we were talking about before. And that happens all day long, every time you're distracted. So for example, when you decide you're just going to check your email real quick, that's five minutes just for you to think about that process. The second you click on it, it's five minutes. From there, it's going to depend on what you need to do. So maybe, for example, you decide that you need to send a quick response to someone. After all, all they've asked is to know what your availability is for next week. Well, how much work do you have to do to figure out what your availability is for next week? Because it's entirely possible that you need to ask someone a question, send someone else a message, wait for them to respond. If you don't wait for them to respond and you move back on to that other task, you then have to deal with the idea that you might all of a sudden have to get distracted again. So you've decided to move off your task and go back to work. And then the person who you had to message to find out what your schedule is messages you and said, oh, actually, we were going to meet on that date. Here's another suggestion. And you pop back and forth. And these distractions absolutely kill us. So what making these decisions does is it lets us be very conscious about those distractions and very conscious about what we're going to do next. When we decide we're going to do something, we go ahead and do it. So I really want people to think about the ways that they're able to do those things. And that's going to change how you're going to do your work. 
right now, I honestly feel that I haven't even been productive in my nine hours as productive as I could be because I feel like I don't have enough time. So every time something ends, I just dive right into whatever the next thing is. Sometimes I don't listen to my own advice because it's hard sometimes to do those things. And so when you're thinking about how you use your energy, think about whether you're consciously using it and consciously making decisions or whether decisions are just kind of happening automatically for you. And if it is the latter, if it is that things just sort of happen and you don't really know what it is that's causing them to happen, you need to seriously consider changing your process up because it is not good to be in that situation. It's not good to not be in charge of your life. Now, some people might suggest, well, look, I work for somebody else. My life is not my own. I just carry out their tasks. Sure, but if you weren't relied upon to carry them out in a way that you could carry them out, they could probably just hire a VA or even automate some of those tasks. What most people are paying you to do is do those things as you. So take control over those things and go ahead and do them. Now, I recently recommended a method to someone for being more productive and using their energy better. And I actually think it fits really well with this two awesome hours idea. Because one of the focuses of two awesome hours is when you finish a task, be purposeful about the next task that you're going to choose to do. This ties in very well with a practice that I use, which is the Pomodoro method. Now, if you're familiar with the Pomodoro method, you could probably skip ahead a little bit, but I'll tell you that I do Pomodoro a little bit differently than everyone else. Now, the Pomodoro method is essentially the idea that you can work for about 30 minutes. And in fact, what it really does, because it's easier for us to comprehend times this way, is it says, look, you can work for 25 minutes. At 25 minutes, you're going to need a break. So at 25 minutes, you're going to take a 30-minute break. Or Sorry, at 25 minutes, you're going to take a five-minute break. That brings you to 30 minutes. It brings you to a half an hour. It's easier, it's easier for us to sort of chunk up our time this way. And then you're going to start over again on a new task or on completing the old task. But you don't move off what you're doing until either your 25 minutes is up or the task is complete. And generally, you try and actually chunk your time so that it will take the whole time. So you try and pick tasks that are going to work well within this when you're doing them. You know, if you're using Pomodoro method, excuse me, don't pick a whole bunch of things that are just going to take two or three minutes. Do those things otherwise. But Pomodoro is more for bigger things. I use it a lot for blogging. I use it a lot for scheduling social, all that sort of, that sort of stuff. So. The idea of the Pomodoro method is you set a timer and at 25 minutes, that timer goes off and you get a break. Here's how I do Pomodoro a little differently. What I realized is that if there is a timer, I'm going to look at how much time we've spent. And I think that of the people I've talked to about this, a lot of them actually have the same thing, which is they spend a lot of that 25 minutes trying to figure out how much time they have. When they realize they have more time than they thought, they slow down their pace a little bit, probably more than they should. 
they realize they don't have as much time as they thought, they speed up and they start to do a half-ass job of what they're doing. So I have changed the way I do it, which is I work for 25-minute increments, but I never once look at the clock. How do I do that? Well, I don't set a timer. Okay? How do I tell it's 25 minutes if there's no timer? I listen to music. I have built a series of what I call Pomodoro playlists that are for different moods. I had something called PodCamp Pomodoro, which is a very casual and laid back. It's for more low-key thinking, creative endeavors. I have a podcast, I have a, a Pomodoro playlist called Filthy Pomodoro. This is the most fantastic, energetic hip-hop and rap playlist that I have. It really makes me just hustle hard for 25 minutes. I build a playlist that's 25 minutes long, and very purposefully, I ensure that repeat is not set on my iPhone, because I don't want to do this for 50 minutes, or 115 minutes, or 140 minutes. I want to do it for 25 minutes. So I make sure repeat's not set, and I also put it on shuffle, because we're really good at figuring out what's next. And when we have that concept in our head, we cheat. And so I start calculating in my head, well, if this song's up next, then I know I have eight more minutes, or I know I have three more minutes, or I know I have 20 more minutes. By putting it on shuffle, I don't really remember exactly what I've listened to this time. And when 25 minutes is up, it's like musical chairs. When the music stops, you're done. This has been a method that has been so powerful and so successful for me that I cannot recommend it enough. I am blown away with how this simple, simple process has changed the way I do things. And the people that I've recommended Pomodoro to in general and this particular playlist method to in particular have had a very similar experience, that it has really changed and revolutionized the way they get work done. And that's really all I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make better use of my energy. I'm trying to make sure that if I've got one hour to get my stuff done, I get as much done as possible in that one hour. And honestly, the real reason for this is that I discovered a while back that I'm not a night owl. I tried to convince myself and a lot of other people for a very long time that I was a night owl. Here's why I had to be a night owl. When I was first doing this and watching my son full time with absolutely no real significant breaks, I had to do all my work at night. My work got done between 8 p.m. and midnight. And I told myself I could do this because of my previous life as it came to work. I, at one point, when I moved to Halifax, was a full-time university student. I wasn't taking five courses. I was taking four courses because it was a lot for me. But here's what I was also doing. I would work in the morning from nine until noon at a retail office supply store. I would then go to school from noon until about 4.30. I would then work for Statistics Canada from about 4.30 until about nine o'clock. I would work as a bouncer from 9 p.m. until 2, 2.30 in the morning. I would do a little bit of homework when I got home until about 4, 4.30 in the morning. I would sleep for a couple of hours. I would get up and do it again. 
there were nights where I wasn't a bouncer and those nights I went to bed earlier. But a lot of those nights, I also was a field hockey coach, which means I was actually having a whole other thing where once or twice a week I'd have practice. Once a week I would have a game. And I ran myself into the ground this way. But what I trained myself to do was, hey, man, it's two o'clock in the morning. You better get some shit done. And when my son came along and I realized I had no daytime hours to do work, I convinced myself that I was a night owl. And when I was writing my book, I learned something. I learned something from someone named Sam Sperlin, who does a number of experiments on himself. Nothing crazy. He does a lot of, uh, first off, I'm going to apologize for using the word crazy. I've been trying very hard not to use that for when I relate to things like this. He doesn't do anything that is really out of the ordinary or dangerous. Uh, it's important not to use the wrong words when we're talking about these things. But what he does do is he'll do an experiment where he says, okay, what would change in my life if I got up at 5.30 instead of 6.30? What would change in my life if I became vegetarian this month? And he does these experiments. One of his experiments is how productive would I be if I didn't do any experiments? And with interesting results. So one of the things that I learned from Sam was this idea of what if I started tracking when I was writing and how successful I was at writing during that period of time? And what I learned was the following. Between 7 and 9 p.m., I am an exceptionally fast writer. I write around 2,200 words an hour, which means if I'm writing a 700-word blog, uh, I can write about three of those in an hour. You can imagine as a freelance writer that this is an, a really fantastic skill to have. And it's really helped me out. It's one of the reasons I don't charge an hourly rate. Because why am I going to give you a discount for the fact that I can do this faster than anybody else? But I learned something else. Between 9 and 10, that number drops to about 1,400 words per hour. And between 10 and 11, that number drops to about 700 words per hour. And from 12 till 2, which is actually when I did do some writing, that number drops to an almost unrecognizable 225 words per hour which means if I were to write a 750-word blog post, it would take me several hours to do so. And that's not really okay. So what I did was I decided, okay, I'm not going to work for those periods of time. Instead, I'll go to sleep earlier. I'll be more rested, and I'll actually be able to increase my productivity during the day. But this all happens by experimenting on myself and being honest about the idea that I need to actually figure out what's happening and what's going on. And I think that too many of us just go, oh, uh, this is when I have to work. Yeah, no, I'm great at that. Or I'm a great multitasker. No, you're not. Nobody is. No one on the planet is. Maybe a guy who juggles chainsaws while breathing fire. Maybe that's a multitasker. But traditionally, as we think of multitasking, you're not a good multitasker because no one really is. And so there's all these different things that we can learn from when it comes to the way we use our energy. My goal is to make people better. And sometimes that's going to mean that I'm going to get some money out of it. Sometimes that means that people are going to pay me to provide them with some help on how they can do the same things. But when it comes down to it, I'm in this for everybody to get better at these things. Because if the person who is a photographer gets better at managing their time, 
they're going to be a better photographer. And when I go to use their services or recommend their services, they're going to be better at doing that thing. And we will just continue to be working on people being better at doing what they're doing. I'm constantly looking for ways for graphic designers, for web developers, for programmers, for writers to do a better job in part because I want them to do a better job. And in part because maybe that's going to help me down the road, but maybe it's not. In any case, I'd like to thank you very much for tuning in. I know this is a slightly longer episode than usual, but I have arrived at my destination. So now I shall leave you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out. I would love to hear what you're doing, how you control your energy, how you manage your time. What are some of the tips and tricks that you've done that have made a difference for you? Uh, reach out at One Red Cat Media on basically every platform you can find. And you can also reach me, uh, Mike at OneRedCat.com. Thanks for tuning in and have a really, really great, energetic, productive day.